This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. All right. Well, if we have any prayer warriors in this room, you need to pray right now that I can be brief. Because... I came into the worship team this morning and I said, I just want to show you that I only have four pages. And, and that's like a miracle. And they're like, yeah, that means nothing. Uh, so I'm feeling a little mocking from the team this morning. And my, you know, you just really don't believe that I can be... Yes, actually, the worship team except Sarah. She was like, no, Sandra, you can do it. So thank you. This is awesome. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, we can do this. I can be brief. I can. I did not know that. Oh, whoa. Um, okay. So, uh, and I probably already wasted like three minutes. This is terrible. Okay. So I just want to share briefly about um, just one more parable. We've talked about once upon a time in the parables of Jesus Christ. And there's one that I've just been brewing on. It's super short. It's actually just three verses. It's actually two parables within three verses of scripture. But I feel like there's something there that we actually need to just grab a hold of this morning. So, I want to share with you about the most valuable treasure you can ever come across. It's called the kingdom of God. There's two parables, and it's called the parable of the hidden treasure, and it goes right into the next two verses that says the pearl of great price. And so these two are coupled together because Jesus is trying to communicate something. And I want to say this weekend we have had like a mind-blowing awesome time at this encounter. It's just like we came home last night. We're like, whoa, have you ever had that feeling like it can't get better than that? And then it gets better than that. And then, you know, I think I say every deeper night team that like, oh, that was the best one we've ever had. And then we get to the next deeper night. This is my shameless plug for you to come tonight. Um, But we get to the next deeper night and we're like, that's the best one we've ever had. And so I think really that every encounter we've had, we're like, That's the best one ever. But did you know that because the kingdom of God is so great, God is so big and so strong and so mighty, there's nothing. Anyhow, I just, I felt that, that anointing just came over me. There's nothing my God cannot do for you. Um, Anyhow. (laughs) Austin, don't shake your head at me like that. Okay. Um. Wow, now I've wasted five minutes. So, um, but I want to say to you this morning that our God is so big that when we get to that point in life where we're like, it can't get better, there can't be more, he goes, oh, really? You just wait, because there is always more. And when we think we're going to explode out of just like, oh, I can't, I just can't fathom this, then he has more. And so what I want to share with you this morning is that an encounter is not limited to a certain place. An encounter is not limited to a group of people. An encounter is not limited to a ministry team. An encounter is never limited because God is within you. And so you can actually have an encounter every single day. If you so desire, God is ready to meet with you every single day. See, I believe that God wants to reveal, when Jesus is speaking about these different parables, he starts almost every one, if you look at them, with the word again. Because he is like, the kingdom of God is like, it's like this. And again, the kingdom of God is like, like that. 
And again, the kingdom of God is like this because he has such a passion, such a drive, such a desire to help us understand that the kingdom of God is so big and so great and he wants every single one of us to tap into the fullness of what it actually means to have kingdom living, to live inside the kingdom of God, not with one foot in the world, not with one foot dragging us back to our own lifestyle, our own patterns, our old stuff, but he wants us to actually make the transition and come fully into the kingdom of God because it is so great, it is so awesome. It's such an adventure. Can I tell you, Christianity is not boring. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is not one of those hum-de-dum, I guess i got to go to church today to feel good about myself. I'm telling you, if that's what you're doing, you are missing out. We're glad you're coming, so please keep coming. If, like, you know, um, even, even if that's how you get here, that's good. We like it. So keep coming because I tell you what, when you precision yourself and you set yourself in the house of God and you come into an atmosphere of people that have the same mind, the same heart, the same heartbeat to cry out for more of God, then what you're doing is you're actually setting yourself, even if you have to push yourself, drag yourself, pick yourself up by the, you know, by the collar and drag yourself here. I'm telling you that what you're doing is you're setting yourself in an atmosphere that is full of faith. And so what I want to tell you this morning is that God wants you to enter in, not just to spectate and to look at what's happening, but he wants you all in. Can I say Jesus was not half in? Jesus was all in. When he went to that cross, it wasn't kind of like, yeah, I guess, you know, maybe, maybe just do one nail, right? He, he was all in. He said, I am all in for you. So when we, when we sing that song, I'm just full of beautiful pictures this morning, aren't I? Um, but, but, you know, when we come and we sing that song, oh, oh, the never-ending, everlasting, whatever it is. I can't even think of the words, but reckless love of God. There we are. Um, what it's saying is that God's love is so reckless. It's going to chase you down. It's going to surround you even in your darkest pit, even when you feel like God doesn't love me anymore, even when you feel, I feel to say this morning since we're doing everything different, I'm just going to say this morning, I feel like there's somebody in here this morning and you feel like, God, my mistakes are too great. I have run too far and I made mistakes knowing I shouldn't make them. And so you feel like, God, I don't deserve your love. Congratulations. You're right. You don't. And neither do we. So I just want to let you know, I feel like that's for somebody this morning. You can never deserve the love of God. So Cameron shared a couple of weeks ago, I said, when is the best time to plant a tree? Ten years ago. When is the second best time? Now. So can I tell you, I don't care what mistakes you've made, and God doesn't care what mistakes you've made, but now is a good time to get all in. Now is a good time to say, okay, God, I don't care what I've done, but right now... I'm going to leave my past behind and I'm going to step in to the kingdom of God into the fullness of what you have for me right now and right here. Matthew 13, 11, um, is Jesus speaking and he's, he's speaking to his disciples. So these are not unbelievers. These are believers. And he says, to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. It's been given the mysteries. I think, was that Scott yesterday that talked about the mysteries? I'm like, oh, can I grab that definition? I forgot. Um, but he talked about what mystery means. Can you, can you remind me of your definition? No, you can't. Okay. So, <laughs> well, okay. That was an awkward put on the spot moment. Woo-hoo! So I am just doing so great today, aren't I? So I can wrap it. Well, if you knew what state Scott was in last night, you would understand why he's not recalling what he said. It was 
Awesome! We have never seen Scott like that, but I'm looking forward to many more times seeing Scott like that. It was absolutely fabulous. When God just takes someone and wrecks them, and you're like, wow, I feel really undignified right now, but it's good. So um, what I want to say is when he talked about the mystery of God, it actually is, is talking about revealing something from heaven. It's a mystery that's hidden. It's there. It's there for us to seek out. Actually, the Bible in Proverbs talks about that it's, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to seek it out. Can I say today that you are a chosen generation? a royal priesthood. You are, you are princesses and princes and kings and queens. Uh, we laugh about, you know, the Swedish queen wave. Uh, but we are royalty, and it's actually up to us to seek it out. And I think God actually keeps it concealed to an extent so that we'll keep running, so that we'll keep seeking, so that we'll keep knocking, so that we'll start uh, just to have that desire to reveal just a little bit more and just a little bit more. Because if he just gave us the whole thing at once, well, then we would have heaven, Right? So he says, no, until you get to heaven, I want to keep you on your toes. I want to keep you seeking and searching for the more. So can I say this morning, if you remember one thing, please don't ever settle for anything less than the more. Okay? Be hungry for the more. Because God, it's so interesting with the setup of the testimonies this morning. God will not disappoint. He won't. Because he's too big for that. Um, but can I say that so many people live far beneath the treasure that is hidden within that kingdom, the mystery that is hidden. He goes on in Matthew 13, a few verses later, in verse 44 to 46, and he says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom, he's like, again, you've got to get it, guys. You've got you to hear what it's all about because it is so awesome. And you don't want to miss it. So I'm going to explain it in every possible which way I can so that you understand that the kingdom is not reserved for a certain people. The kingdom is for you and for me. The kingdom is for the brokenhearted. The kingdom is not for the well-educated only. It's not for a certain group of people or a certain race or a certain generation. The kingdom of God is for us here and now. So when Jesus is throwing every explanation he can think of of the kingdom of heaven, it's because he so desperately wants us to understand the mystery of the kingdom. And it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and he sold all he had and he bought it. Can I say, when you truly find the treasure when you fully understand the value of the kingdom of God, you will sell everything you have, figuratively speaking. You, nothing will matter to you more than getting rid of all your old stuff, all your old patterns, all your old hang-ups, all your old sins, all your old stuff, because there is something so valuable about the kingdom of God. There's a preciousness and a value. So these two parables talks about one person who literally stumbles upon this treasure. He finds it in a field, and once he realizes the value of this treasure that he finds, it says he goes and, and he sells everything and he buys that field. Very much like the Apostle Paul, huh? He, he was not necessarily looking for Jesus. He was, well, he was sort of looking for him to kill him. Uh, but, you know, he was not on a quest to become a believer. He had all the religion that he thought he needed. 
But can I say, Jesus came and completely wrecked him. And he said, you're seeking religion, but I'm coming for relationship. And once Paul found that treasure, he literally said that anything I've ever done, I count it all rubbish. I count it as garbage. And I lay it behind me, my education, my zeal, my all those things. And he says, I am now letting all that go so that I can hold on to the truth, so that I can hold on to that value, so that I can hold on to that pearl of great price, the treasure of the kingdom of heaven. It's everything I've ever done in my entire life. And Paul was a very, very accomplished person. And he says, I count it not as nothing. He says, I actually counted as garbage, worthy to be thrown out because it pales in comparison to the relationship I have found with Jesus Christ. The second person in that second parable talks about someone who actually goes searching. It's a merchant, and he's looking for pearls of great price. And then one day, he comes upon one, and he goes, okay, I've dealt my whole life probably with buying pearls, but this one is different. There's something so valuable, so precious about this one pearl that I'm actually going to sell. It says sell everything, which means he probably sold all his other pearls to buy the one of great price. Can I say this morning, when we understand the treasure that is hidden in the kingdom of God, when it gets a hold of us, then nothing else will matter. It doesn't matter what we have to give up. Sometimes we view God as this mean God, like, do I really have to stop doing this? Do I really have to give that up? But when we understand the fullness that comes of knowing Jesus Christ and fully being all in into the kingdom of God, then he starts pointing out things in every one of us. Not one of us will escape this, where he goes, I love you just the way you are. We're like, thank you, Jesus. And you know, we think that's it. And then he goes, but. <laughs> and we're like, oh, there was more to that. He goes, I love you way too much to leave you the way you are because there's more. There's more. And when we understand that, then we say, that's the pearl of great price. It doesn't matter what you ask me to give up. It doesn't matter what I have to leave behind to pursue the love of Jesus. Four super quick things. I'm going to do this in five minutes. Can you believe me? Okay. I'm going to do it. Four quick things that we learn about the exceeding value of the kingdom of God. Number one, it's a refuge from the powers of darkness. How many have ever felt trapped by the powers of darkness? I'm telling you right now that it is our refuge. It's the tower that we can run to. It's the place that we can come to. Colossians 1.13 says, For he, Jesus, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and he has brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves. Because before we came to the kingdom of God, we were under the dominion of darkness. Do you know what dominion means? It means someone that has ownership over something. So before we come to Christ, we're actually under ownership of the enemy, of darkness. That's why we are so trapped by nature in those things. But Jesus comes and he says, I have transferred you, I have lifted you out of that, and I have conveyed you or transferred you into the kingdom of the Son. You are under new ownership. So we need to stop acting like we're not, right? Because we can only be owned by one or the other. It's the difference between making Jesus just your Savior or your Lord. See, a lot of Christians live with Jesus as their Savior. They say, Jesus, would you forgive my sins? I ask you to come into my heart. And it's wonderful. And yes, you have your eternity secured by loving Jesus and accepting him into your heart. But there's another step. 
where we say, Jesus, would you be my Lord? Can I transfer ownership and make you Lord of everything in my life? And can I tell you that it is a never-ending adventure? It never ends. It is so exciting. I was talking with Sheila last night uh, as she was driving home to Hamilton, and, and, and we were just like, because we're like, yeah, like, is that like a turkey? Does that qualify? Okay, because apparently, apparently I make animal noises every time I speak. It has been pointed out to me, so that was close enough to a turkey. There we go. Okay, there it was. So, but what we were talking about is we were talking. See, he should have never let me speak this morning. But what we were talking about was how good God is and how great God is and how big God is and how there's more and how it never ends and how we think that it can't get better, but then there's more. And so we were saying it's such an adventure to serve Jesus. It's an adventure. It's the adventure of a lifetime. If you're a thrill seeker, then get all in. I'm telling you, because there's nothing more thrilling than knowing the voice of Jesus and then doing what he says. It gets really, sometimes freaky, but super exciting. It is so cool to serve Jesus. Number two, it is a domain of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It is something that is so transforming. So it, God will come and turn you upside down. We saw it last night. We're like, wow, actually, we, we just, God was kind of ahead of us. Because we're like, oh, we just started worshiping. And all of a sudden, like, we had like this act experience of the Holy Spirit. And we're like, okay, let's, I guess let's go with this. It wasn't at all what we had really planned in that particular moment. But we're like, hey, God's moving. So let's jump on board. And let's just go with this. And what he was doing is he's coming in, and it's like, he's like, are you ready for this? Right? And so, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I don't know why you asked me to speak, really. Um, but, see, we're, when we say, yes, Lord, I'm ready. We have this little view of how he's going to come. And he's like, oh, I give you permission. Our hearts are yours. And he's like, really? That's awesome. Because I'm going to come and I'm going to do something so exceeding, so abundant, something so beyond what you can even think or imagine or even think about. And it is not limited to a Saturday night encounter. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, which means it's not a righteousness. Paul spoke about this. He actually, in that, in that verse that we talked about in Philippians uh, 3, he says, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, that comes from religion, that comes from trying to do the right thing all the time, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. That's the kind of kingdom righteousness that it's talking about in Romans where it says this righteousness, peace, and joy. Not a righteousness that comes from works, but a righteousness that comes from knowing the Lord Jesus Christ and knowing that it's not me. I can't do good enough. I can't be good enough. But what I can do is I can surrender my whole heart, not just part of my heart, but my entire heart so that you can have me, use me, do whatever you want with me. And then this divine exchange takes place. 
And he says, I took all your garbage, all your sins upon me so that you can become the righteousness of God. When you're all in into the kingdom, you experience the righteousness of God. And it goes on and it says peace. The Bible talks about a peace that passes all understanding and a joy that is unspeakable. The joy that you can't even explain. We had a couple of people last night that are like, I'm just so happy. I just, I don't even know how to say it. I've just never been so happy. And it's like, yeah, that's the joy that is not circumstantial. That's the joy that is not the happiness that you get when things go right. There's a joy that is unspeakable. You can't even explain it. You can't even put words to it because it is so mind-blowing that even though, see, God never said that when you become a Christian, you will have no problems ever. See, we live in this strange uh, facade of like, okay, well, now that I'm a Christian, all my problems should go away. No, Jesus just said that when you come to me, you can actually live victorious over your problems. You can live with joy in your heart through your problems. When you walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, the good news is that you walk through it, that you don't set up camp and stay in it. That's the promise. Number three, it's an unshakable kingdom. Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore, Since we are receiving the kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. And when we truly understand the kingdom of God, we will not be shaken because the kingdom of God is in us. And so what God wants to do is help us understand that there is a kingdom that is unshakable, that is not uh, according to circumstance, that is not according to what we see around us, but there is an unshakable kingdom that he places inside of us. Luke 17, 20 to 21, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and he's saying, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. So in other words, just doing all the right things doesn't make you belong to the kingdom of God. But it says, nor will I say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Guess where the field is where he hides his treasure? It's inside of you. So you don't even have to go running and looking for it. See, people spend so much time and money running from place to place to place. Not just non-Christians seeking God, but Christians seeking God. And they go from conference to conference, and it's all good. It's all encouraging, and it's all, all wonderful. But can I tell you, the kingdom of God is in you. He's already there. He's closer to you than your very own breath. So you don't have to go, oh, wow, I wish I went to the encounter. I guess I'll have to wait for another, you know, few months. To have my encounter with Jesus. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait because you can wake up in the morning and say, okay, I give you permission. My heart is yours. And just look what God will do in you and through you. A very interesting thing about the word kingdom here is that it doesn't actually refer to a physical kingdom. The Greek word here actually means the right or the authority to rule a kingdom. Can I say that it has been placed within you as a believer of Jesus Christ, the right and authority to rule in the kingdom of God? It's called the authority of the believer. And don't tell me that's not exciting. It's, it's like the, the greatest leader on earth giving you like full authority, his signet ring and saying, do whatever you want. You have my authority. You have my extended authority. We, the Bible says we are ambassadors 
here on earth for the kingdom of heaven. So we actually have the honor and the privilege of saying, you don't have to stay in this earthly kingdom. You don't have to be trapped by the domain of darkness, but you can rise up higher. And the Bible says that we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, and we can exercise the authority that he's given us as believers to see the kingdom and start pull down the kingdom of God here on earth. We sing songs like the atmosphere is changing now because the spirit of God is here. Because that's what happens when we're all in. Then we say the kingdom of God here and now. Last thing is this. Kingdom people reflect his glory. They're not in it for themselves. They're not in it for a name. But they reflect his glory. Matthew 13, 43 says, Then the righteous will shine forth like the sun in the kingdom of their father. The righteous will shine like the sun. Can I say this? That the world is discouraged with all the misrepresentations of what we say is God. So it's time that we start shining for the sun, like the sun, for his glory, for his kingdom, for his principles, for his word. Can I say, coming back to this parable, it's like a hidden treasure. Do you know what a diamond looks like when you first find it? It looks like rock. It's usually actually not even that pretty. So the kingdom of God is like a hidden treasure. It's right there. And when we take it out, we're like, okay. Doesn't even look so fancy, but then God comes and his light starts shining on you and then he starts chiseling. And some of us think that he's doing that to be mean, but you know what he's doing? He's coming at all angles because the more he chisels, the more he shapes you, the more he forms you, the more you will reflect the splendor and the glory of the king of kings and a diamond that is, sha- that is shaped, that is formed, that is filed down. It starts to reflect this incredible beauty that is indescribable, that we can't even explain. But you need to grab a hold of that treasure and let go of everything else. Can I just end with this one verse? James 4, 7 says, Therefore, submit yourself to God. Can I say it's time, perhaps, for some people to get one foot out of the dominion of darkness and submit yourself to God and God alone. And listen what it says. Resist the devil. And there's a promise tied to that. And he will flee from you. Not just like, okay. He'll actually flee from you. When you step into your rightful authority into the kingdom of God, the enemy will flee from you. But then we have one responsibility right after that. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. Would you stand with me this morning? Lord, we just ask, God, for each person this morning, God, you know where every person is at. You know where every heart is at. You know where every journey is at, God. You know every person so well, God. And I thank you today that you are calling them out, God. That you are calling them out and you're drawing them closer to yourself, God. And so this morning, God, we just want to respond and we want to draw near to you, God. Because we know that when we take that step of drawing near to you, we know, God, that you draw near to us. And so, God, we want to give up whatever it is that hold, that's holding us back, Lord. I pray, God, that you would start revealing that pearl of great price that is right there inside of every single person and I pray God that people in this place would start experiencing the righteousness and the peace and the joy and the Holy Spirit and that we would start reflecting truly our creator that we would be like diamonds in a rough that you would just take out and start polishing and start shaping and start forming so that we can shine like the sun not for our own glory not for our own name 
but so that you, Jesus, would be lifted up, so that the name of Jesus would be lifted up like a banner in dark places, in places where people are so discouraged and dismayed, where people are trapped in bondage and darkness, God. Lord, it's not about Impact Church. It's about Jesus Christ. And I thank you that this is not church. The building is not our church, but we are the church. So I pray over every single person as they go out this week. I pray, Lord, as they are carriers of the very presence of God, I pray, God, that you would start to shine your light on those facets of their diamond so that they can start reflecting the light of Jesus into every place that they go, into their workplace, into their school, into the grocery store, at the bank, Lord. And I pray for a boldness, God, to speak the word of God as you reveal it to each person. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.